0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and today we're going to talk a little more about relationships, and I wanted to address in particular um, something that was really, really hot in the news for quite a while last year and the year before, um, and that is the Me Too movement, and I haven't talked about it yet on this podcast. I mean, it's come up a little bit um, with different guests in the past. We've talked about their experiences a little bit, but sort of on the on the peripheries of it. And, you know, I'm actually not sure why I, I didn't go deeper into it on this website. Uh, excuse me, on this podcast. Um, and so here it is. I have just recently... Um, been going through my own, uh, you know, hashtag Me Too movement situation um, with an ex-boyfriend from many, many, many years ago. Um, and it's just recently dawned on me how important it is for us as women to take our power back from controllers, from manipulators, from narcissists, from abusers. Um, And I've done that today. Uh, I've actually been doing that for years now. But today I I took an official step toward doing that. And it felt really, really uh, empowering to do that. And I thought that it would be a perfect time to bring up this topic on an episode of She Rises because this is a topic... That is about women. It's about empowering women. This podcast is about empowering women. Um, I have a program coming out. uh, We're enrolling now, actually. Uh, We're taking applications for this program now. It's going to start at the end of October, early November. And it is a program to help empower you around relationships, around choosing the right men, around toxic love, around being addicted to that illusion of romantic love that's not really real and sort of coming up time and time again, around men or relationships uh, or partners, really, that are unhealthy for us, that are not fulfilling, and where we just keep finding ourselves in a place of recycling old issues. And so the program is really dedicated to helping you find the love that you crave and getting healthy again inside so that you could actually attract that best partner for you. And so today's episode is a little bit of a transparent, kind of vulnerable share. Uh, Tomorrow I'm competing in Speaker Slam. It's an international uh, speakers competition. It's the largest uh, motivational or inspirational, rather, speaking competition in Canada. And I'm going to be competing there tomorrow night. And actually my speech is very much going to be about this topic. It's going to be about my rock bottom moment in relationship. And so I, I thought it would be a great idea to come on the podcast and share that with you. You know, sometimes you're listening to a show and you hear a coach or, you know, someone that's positioning themselves as an expert and you think, well, they've got all their, you know what, put together. Um, but I I don't. I'm in, I'm in it just as much as you guys are. I, I'm a work in progress like you guys are. And for many, many years, I really, really, really did not have my shit together. And what I mean by that is I was constantly looking for love in all the wrong places as the song would would go. And, you know, at at first it it attracted, you know, the typical thing that happens uh, when you don't have your self esteem intact, you know, you attract men that are emotionally unavailable. Um, I soon realized that's because I was emotionally unavailable. And, and it seemed sort of like these heartbreaks and breakups and unfulfilling relationships kind of seemed like just, you know, par for the course. It was the story of the stories until I hit my rock bottom relationship. And this is the relationship that unfortunately derailed my self-esteem to the point that I had to do a lot of work to get myself back on board. In fact, I remained friends with this person for a year or more afterwards uh, not really realizing until I started getting my own therapy and counseling how toxic this person was and how um, manipulative and controlling and even abusive our relationship was and I share that with you not as a sob story and not as a way to like you know say hey uh, boohoo but really to say me too right like for those of you that are listening um, that have gone through anything like that where somebody really just mind fucks you basically and manipulates and controls and really preys on all the parts that your self-esteem is low in order to get their agenda fulfilled you know that is a real abuse that happens and it's it's not physical violence and so sometimes we as women will say well he's not hitting me right um but they are and they're doing it in a very um manipulative way so for those of you that are listening that might be going through something like this right now I'm bringing this episode to you like really this is just a transparent vulnerable share to you because you're not alone and for many years I was really ashamed that I allowed this to happen I was really ashamed that I allowed myself to get involved with a man like this that I allowed myself to just basically put my whole life on hold and um you know, try and make it work with someone who I now realize um, is, is probably unwell in many ways. And so you're not alone. You are not alone in this. Um, many women have gone through it. Um, many women continue to be harassed by these types of men, uh, myself included, which is uh, one of the bold steps that I took toward that today. Um, you know, this isn't okay. And so it's a bit, Maybe long overdue, but not really, because I don't think this topic went away. I don't think it should go away. I don't think the Me Too movement should die down. I think it's part of, uh, you know, women rising up and empowering themselves. But there are so many covert ways that. We can be um, harassed and manipulated, and even people trying to control us, uh, partners trying to control us. That if you are an empath at all, if you are a sensitive being at all, if you have any self esteem issues at all, someone like that or someone that is predatory could really, really get to that and and dismantle it even further. And so, for those of you that listen to the show and think, "Wow, like she just she's got all her shit together," and You know, she's got this wonderful new partner and just everything's beautiful and working out. You know, it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that. And in order for me to, you know, attract a wonderful, healthy, amazing man into my life um, that respects and adores me, um, it took a lot of work, a lot of work. Um, I was lovesick for many years. And I want to say to you listeners, it's not your fault. This is not your fault, lovesick. Uh, the the men you keep attracting, it's not your fault. And like I said earlier, I carried a lot of shame for many years about that because I blamed myself for going along with things, or you know, um, allowing myself and 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 the voids within me to be filled by really the wrong character, right? A really a toxic person. And to be brainwashed almost in a way. Like, I allowed that. Like, you know, we could point the finger at these X's of ours all we want. But I allowed that. And I fully acknowledge that. And that doesn't take away the complete accountability to the other person. So for those of you that are listening, acknowledge yes. Shame yourself. No. So this is turning into a little bit of a podcast confessional. And that's okay. Because I've been holding this in for a while now. What I'd like to do now is I want to outline for you what exactly it looks like to deal with one of these toxic type characters. And for those of you that have encountered these people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So today's show is about the narcissist. There are many ways that the narcissist presents themselves. They could be a full-on pathological narcissist with psychological tendencies that actually are violent and commit crimes. And you could have on the lower end of the spectrum your friend that's just full of herself all the time and every topic is about her, right? So narcissism, first of all, I want to say, has a spectrum. Uh, It is not a cookie-cutter word. People use it a lot. People misuse it a lot. Um, There are people uh, like Dr. Judith orloff who has dedicated her whole life's work to studying and talking and writing about the narcissist so if you want to know about uh dr orloff's work you can google her uh we can put a link in the show notes as well i'm actually working to have her on the show uh this year or next so stay tuned for that but narcissism has a spectrum right like i said it could be that friend of yours that just talks about herself ad nauseum it could be a parent usually it starts off with a parent who. Um, really uses uh the child to get their own needs filled and met right there's a there's a weird child bo- parent bonding that happens there and it can start off like that and then again like i said the the horrible dangerous scary end of that spectrum is that pathological narcissist um i won't name names but there is a certain big world superpower that currently has a narcissist as the head of their government um and you all know who i'm talking about you know um So it can present itself in many, many different ways. Um, But the way that I want to talk to you about it now is often how it presents itself in relationships where maybe there's not physical violence. And I want to pin this for a second right now and just pause. If you're listening to this and you are in a relationship that has any kind of mental, emotional or physical abuse, um, find the help that you need. You can Google local support places Um, if you're being abused physically. There are uh, domestic violence support groups in your area right now. You can find a place to get safety and get help and this is maybe not the show for you because I'm going to be speaking to people who are not dealing with the nth degree of physical violence. But if you are, um, please do seek help and please do uh, tell, tell friends. I was going to say a friend, tell multiple friends and find some safety for yourself. So back to the narcissist. So the narcissist can present themselves in many, many different ways. And one of the ways that the narcissist will present himself in relationships is something called a covert narcissist, right? So they're not really overtly showing you their narcissist uh, narcissism or their narcissistic traits. They will often um, label other people that way, uh, just all the time, you know, um, not really reflecting on themselves. And These are people that are um, controlling and manipulative and the top symptom of this is they will raise you up one minute and tear you down the next. So what do I mean by that? They will compliment you and love bomb you. Love bombing is probably the chief way that they lure you in um, because really, you know, they want love back themselves, right? So let's keep it real here. We're not talking about some evil monster in the corner. These are wounded people, right? So they, they themselves want love back. And so what they do is they love bomb, but they don't know how to love except to control. So the love bombing is a way to control you. It's a way to sort of lure you in to get you and all of your pieces and parts that are not feeling enough, that are lovesick, uh, temporarily filled up. And uh, really feeling all loved and juicy. So they love bomb you. And then that's the build up. And then will come the subtle ways that they seek to control you. And this will happen by putting you down. This will happen by telling you that you are not enough in some way. For me, I heard you're unteachable, you are rebellious. Uh, I was compared a lot to ex-girlfriends. I was told where I was, all the deficiencies that I was perceived to have from this person, they were pointed out. Um, There was a definite seeking to control me and my behavior. Um, And so that is a way that they will pull you down. Then... When that's reached a pinnacle and you might be at your worst and you might be strong enough to have a conversation with them, they may then build you back up again. And so it's this real roller coaster of uh, building you up and tearing you down and building you up and tearing you down really to the point where what happened with me is I didn't actually know where I was wrong and where this person was wrong. I didn't know where I was right or they were right. I was so messed up in my mind that I couldn't tell, you know, myself anymore. I literally became, uh, as I will share in my speech tomorrow night, uh, a shadow, a complete shadow of my former self. Um, And I had that susceptibility and many of you listening may have had that susceptibility as well. So... That's the first way that you'll notice a narcissist. They will love bomb you. They will come on strong. They will feel like they're raising you up and then they'll tear you down and they'll do it again and do it again. So this is a repeating back and forth. The second major thing, and there's a lot of things here. There's a lot of ways to spot a narcissist, but these are, I'm giving you the two sort of main ways. Um, And actually I probably will give you three. The second way to spot a narcissist is they are never at fault they are never at fault and they're never wrong and if you call them out on being wrong or at fault they may feign acknowledgement they may feign responsibility Um, it may sound through their language that they're accepting responsibility but they don't actually Um, either because they keep repeating the same thing so they're really not you know accepting responsibility if they keep doing the same thing or um because their words are not genuine you can actually tell they will twist twist the words around in some way um and so you think that they're accepting responsibility but really they're putting it back on you which leads me to gaslighting um gaslighting is this term the term used for this gaslighting uh is a term that means basically making you wrong for what's wrong Okay, so you call them out on something and you want to, you know, say this doesn't work for me or you want to stand up for yourself and somehow and they turn around and say, oh, well, it's your insecurities, right? I had a friend years ago, an ex-friend now. I unfortunately blew up at her at a really in a really unhealthy way because I had held it in for so long, but it was a it was becoming a very toxic friendship, unfortunately. Um, but I remember blowing up at her and telling her just how hurt I was by her behavior and just how badly I felt. And her response to me was, "I'm so sorry that your insecurities have made you feel this way." That is a gaslighting moment, people. (laughs) So not taking responsibility, not even acknowledging that they made you feel bad in any way, um, or even being self-reflective at all, but putting it back on you and your insecurities. And... You will have this happen in a relationship with a narcissist, right? There is no way for you to win an argument with them. There is no way for you to feel validated in a healthy way because it's somehow, especially with the covert narcissist, it's it's fake. Uh, it's It's not real compassion. They actually lack real genuine uh, empathy um. And it's, again, it's no fault of their own. They are also wounded people. So I want to say that again, because this isn't a show about pointing fingers at all your ex-boyfriends and girlfriends and saying how evil they are. Um, Maybe some of them are. Um, God knows I've had that experience. But it's, it's more about saying, like, there's something genuinely wrong here. There is something wrong here. And we, as sensitives and empaths, need to acknowledge that there are many ways in which we have ourselves a weakness to this type of person. So love bombing, uh, like making you feel just high as a kite and then tearing you down. Number one sign that you're with a narcissist. Number two is Um, You know, you call them on their stuff and they just can't handle it. They'll either lash out at you or they'll turn it around on you, which basically to point 2B, which is actually number three, is gaslighting, right? So um, they will make you feel like you're the crazy one. They'll make you feel like you're the one with the problem. They'll make you feel like, oh, it was something on your part that you did. And so, those are the top two, two and a half, three ways that you can spot a narcissist in your life. And look, this could be in a romantic relationship with me. My tendency to attract this type of person happened in friendships, it happened in relationships, and it definitely happened in my rock bottom relationship moment. Which leads me back to, how did I get out of that? How did I overcome? Well, I'll tell you, it took a long time because for, for many years, uh, I didn't trust myself. I actually didn't trust that I wouldn't put myself in another dangerous situation. I didn't trust that I wouldn't be mind fucked like that again. I, I just, I had lost trust in myself for a year, maybe more. I used to say to my friends that this, this person kind of broke me. Like I felt so mentally upside down. And it took me a while. You know, I stayed friends with this person for a while because it took me a while to really realize how toxic and um, abusive they were. And when I started to express boundaries with this person, they continually crossed them. And finally, with the last boundary that I thought I set... Um, you know, turned into an obsessive stalking situation. So, you know, it's it's a process, right? It's a process. But one of the main things that I did is I needed to focus on releasing the shame. Releasing the shame and guilt that I had, again, uh, made some kind of wrong, quote-unquote, decision in a man. That I had somehow made a mistake. That I had somehow... Uh, you know, deserved it, that I had somehow um, not been smart enough, right? That I was just one of those stupid girls, right? Those, those you know, those girls that you see that just do stupid things because they don't have a self-esteem. I was one of those girls, you know? But it took me a while to get over the shame of that because um, it's really hard to accept that you're the common denominator in all your failed relationships, right? Or Or all your lack thereof. It's really hard to accept that. And it's especially hard to accept, um, you know, what, what's yours and what's theirs. So because there was a lot of sort of emotional, sort of mental uh, abuse there, um, for me, it took me a while to, like, realize, like, what's my piece and what's his piece, right? And really hold accountable to what my piece was and to what his piece was. And so I had to learn to deconstruct and release my shame. I had to learn to understand the physiology and the biology and the psychology that allowed this to happen in the first place. I had to start understanding attachment theory and start understanding what relationships from my childhood actually, you know, created such a void that this could happen, right? I had to look back at the trauma that I experienced just a few years before meeting this person that made me susceptible to begin with to attract somebody like this. Um, So I had to start there and I had to start really putting what was in my column and what was in their column and understanding that it was not okay uh, what happened, that none of it was okay um, and that I was vulnerable and, uh, you know, I should have trusted my instincts, which leads me to the second thing I did. (laughs) I needed to start to learn to get in touch with my instincts again. You know, I had to learn to trust myself again and to understand that when I had a spidey sense about someone, I better darn listen to it. And so I had to go through a process of redeveloping my connection to my intuition and not just listening to it, but validating it and tapping into it more often. And so I went through a process of doing that to make sure that as soon as I heard something that wasn't right, it wasn't right. And that's another thing I want to say for you ladies listening. If something doesn't feel right, it's not right. We get into such justification as women as to, oh, maybe it's that or maybe it's this or maybe it's me or, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. Well, maybe they had a bad day. It doesn't matter if it doesn't feel right to you. It's not right. Doesn't mean you have to lash out at a person. It doesn't mean, you know, you get reactive in any way. But you have to honor that if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. So I needed to learn to do that. I needed to learn to trust my intuition again, right? The other thing I needed to do is I started to develop a relationship with my spirituality. And I was always someone that said I was spiritual, but I was definitely more, you know, the incense-burning, crystal-buying spiritual person, right? Like, I, I was spiritual on the surface level, but I didn't have that relationship to spirit. And so I had to find that. I had to find that for myself. I had to discover how to connect with that and to finally understand what my innate value was, that my innate value as a woman, as a human being had nothing to do with my looks or my physical appearance uh, or my past or anything like that, that I had innate value irrespective of all of those things. And so there was really a process that I had to go through in order to get myself to the place that I could now be in a wonderful, healthy relationship with a man that I adore as much as he completely adores me um, and that I'm planning a future with. It, it took a while. And so we've been, we've been down a couple rabbit holes in this podcast, but really I wanted to come and come out of my own Me Too closet for you guys. I wanted to share a little bit of that story. Of course, I'm going to go into way more detail in my memoir that will hopefully be released in the next year or two, Um, you know, praying to the publishing gods and my writing skills. (laughs) Um, So I will say a lot more in that book about it and I will go into a lot more detail. And uh, um, yeah, but it's, it's something that I definitely feel was an overcoming and it was a rock bottom relationship for me. And I really am grateful for it because I know that if it wasn't for that level of toxicity um, and that that deepest darkness that I fell into with this dark person that I wouldn't be who I am today I wouldn't have I wouldn't have the man in my life that I have today I wouldn't be teaching what I teach today and so I'm grateful for all of that and you know, I want my story to be a cautionary story for those of you out there. And again, excluding, you know, people that are actually enduring physical abuse, because I do want you to seek professional help. I want you to go and get yourself to a shelter and get to safety. But I also don't want to diminish those of you that are in an abusive relationship that doesn't have physical violence, because mental emotional violence, uh, or abuse rather, is, is just as scarring it is just as toxic when someone is messing with your mind when you have a narcissist in your life that is blowing smoke up your butt one minute and then tearing you down the next that's dangerous that is dangerous to your self-esteem that is dangerous to your um, sense of who you are and it could really 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 mess with you and manipulate you So we've gone down these little rabbit holes and talked about these little things because really the essential message of this uh, podcast was me wanting to come out of the Me Too closet with you. I'm going to be doing this speech tomorrow night. It's going to be super vulnerable. Um, I don't know if I'm going to win. Um, I just want to get this message out there and inspire people. And so stay tuned for that because I'm definitely going to post it on my website um, and on social media. So if you're not already following me on my Facebook page, uh, please do go there. Um, I'll have it on Instagram as well. If you're not following me there, please, please definitely do come and follow Um, So I'll be able to share that with you. But, you know, this week really is me taking my power back in a lot of ways from my own Me Too story. And um, I wanted to share that with you all because sometimes, like I said, we tune into a podcast or we see someone's pretty website, you know, and we think, oh, they're an expert in this, but we really don't actually know that there's more to it, that there's a story behind it. And um, I wanted to share that with you guys today. I wanted, to, I wanted to let you know about my own moment and to give you some tips and clues about what to watch out for when it comes to narcissists in your life. Uh, again, I'm hoping that Dr. Judith uh, Orloff will be on this show in the next, like I said, rest of this year, next year. Um, to talk to us more about that topic, but definitely Google it um, and see what you come up with. It is a term that's used a lot. Um, I think it's overused, to be honest, Um, but it really does apply in some cases. So I will be back to talk to you more about these topics and more. As you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you know a friend that you think might be going through something like this with someone just send this episode to her, you know, you don't even have to say anything, just say, hey, I heard this, I thought you might get something out of it, or I thought you might enjoy it, and if you are listening, and you're thinking, you know what, I really want to know more about how Giovanna overcame all of this, and how she actually, you know, developed these things, and and really, really to get you to the point of getting the love you deserve, then go on over to my website. Uh, the program that I've launched is called Love Sick to Love Healed. And it is an eight-week program. This will be the only time that I run it live. So this will end up being an online... Uh, do-it-yourself program. But for the first time, I'm going to be running it live, which means you'll have coaching from me and teaching from me every single week for eight weeks. And we've got it priced really, really, really low um, because I want to be able to help as many people as I can. So it's the only time I'm going to be running it live. Um, I'm going to be sharing more about it in the weeks to come on social media. Um, but again, if it is something that piques your interest or you know someone or you think that you know someone that, you know, they don't even have to be in any kind of abusive situation. Maybe they're just, they just keep attracting the same kind of guys and they they so crave love, you know, and, and they're, maybe they're overdoing it with work and their career to compensate. And you know who you are and you know who they are. <laughs> This is the program for them because this will be the program that helps to rewire your psychology and your biology so that you could really start to connect with the core of who you are, Um, heal those things, and remove those blocks in your way, and actually start to have healthy love and healthy relationship with yourself first, and then hopefully with a partner of your choosing. So my friends, my lovely ladies, and the men that listen... I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope that you got a little tidbit of knowledge and insight about me and that you learned a little bit about what a narcissist is. Again, there are so many ways to identify a narcissist. Um, you can Google them online. Those are the two and a half slash three ways um, that I uh, will tell you are the top ones to look out for. Um, you know, if you're coming to someone with your heart and then they turn and make it about them, not so cool. And it's kind of annoying, but it might not be a full-on narcissist, right? But if you're experiencing any of those three things I mentioned earlier, and if you're in a situation where you don't really feel safe in your relationship, right? Not physically safe again, but just emotionally safe, right? Someone's not calling you back when they say they will. Maybe they're... Um, you know, I don't know, maintaining a friendship with an ex-girlfriend that doesn't make you comfortable, and you've talked about it repeatedly, and they continue doing it. Maybe you just keep attracting that same emotionally unintelligent and blocked off guy. Whatever the case may be, this course will help you rewire all of that, and I'm so privileged to be able to bring this to you, um, and really because it is my life. It's my life's work, and it's unfortunately what I experienced, so I want to... Be the cautionary tale for you guys and help you overcome and get from lovesick to love healed. So go on to my website. Check that out. We'll have the link also in the show notes. And thank you for listening. For those of you that stick with me week after week, I so appreciate it. I so appreciate you sharing the episodes. For those of you that have left reviews on iTunes, my gosh, I deeply, deeply appreciate that. It just helps more people find my show. So if you haven't done that, I would so appreciate a star rating and a review Um, Thank you again, and I hope to see you in this program. Uh, And if not, I'll see you online. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in, and keep rising, everyone.